welcoming you back to Talk Clarity. I am your host, Coach Clarity. We'll continue on with segment two on behaviors in relationships, both healthy versus unhealthy, toxic, and even borderline and narcissistic with Haley the Therapist. Once we figure out the truth of, yeah, like we do deserve everything, the world, whatever we dream to be, to be possible. And if one of our dreams is to, let's say, have a family, right? Just, you never grew up with a family. You didn't have, you know, your siblings grow up with you or one of your parents and you want that family so much, you're going to look for that and you're going to try and mold it and you're going to try and distort reality to have it fit the mold. But when you recognize the truth of it, of you have a family all along within you, you can be your own protector. You can be your own parent. You can be your own sibling. You can be that person that you needed in order to, to grow and to learn how to be an adult. And I think with childhood trauma, you don't learn to be an adult. How many people can you really say have impacted your life growing up that was a really good mentor to guide you? Wow. That's a, that's a tough, that's, that's a huge thing to think about. Yeah. There's not a a whole lot of them out there anymore. You know, they, there are where you know where to look, But when you grow up in an environment where it's the same every day and it's the same story, it's the same trauma, it's the same cycles that you're going through, how are you ever going to find another perspective unless you look outside of it? Let's dive in because you're kind of touching up a little bit on on trauma bonds with that. Um, What is a trauma bond? And how to recognize when you're in a trauma bond. A trauma bond to me is an addiction. A trauma bond is a chemical reaction between two individual systems that is keeping them in a cycle of repetitive drug making. Really, we're making these really awesome feeling chemicals and we're using them exactly as we would other drugs. And can you um, tell our listeners what these chemicals are in our, in our brain that what is created on both sides? Dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. So dopamine is the, like, this is the high chemical. It's short acting. It's the, Oh, I feel really good. You know, uh, chemical. And that's, that's in medical terms, by the way. Uh, (laughs) and then you have oxytocin which is a longer lasting really good bonding chemical and you don't get that until around like 20 minutes um, when you're like really connecting with a person Um, it's a it's a bonding chemical and then serotonin is your happy chemical your your joy you feel like really super clear-headed and and things and these are 
the the chemicals that are released in the love bombing phase. This is the the good chemicals. Now, when I talk about good and bad, I don't actually mean good and bad. It's just these are the how it makes you feel, because all chemicals are good because they serve a purpose. If that makes sense, it does make sense. Interesting when you because when you bring up love bombing, um, I had a, a friend recently who. Um, it was, wasn't in a very healthy relationship. Um, and it was, it was, I've, I've tried to actually try to figure this out on my own because he didn't feed her full of compliments. Um, so what would be some other forms of, of love bombing if it's not done in the sense of words of affirmation? Could be gifts, acts of service. They might show up for you. They might say certain things if it's words of affirmation. Basically, they promise you the world, but then they don't give it to you. So like, um, maybe like a house or marriage or a family or a kid Mm -hmm. or maybe a car that you want or whatever is most important to you, they will find it and they will find it within seconds. And as a codependent, you display that you display the traits that you had grown up with and there's this vibe that you give off the thoughts of like, I will do anything for you. It's a lot of it's nonverbal, that eagerness, that bouncy. If you meet a person, your eyes light up, they look at that and they target it because they're like, yep, this is the person that I can draw from because I need a supply. I mean, if you ever look at the left side of a person's face, you will find their true emotion. The right side of their face is the mask that they portray. So in looking for, you had mentioned red flags, right? Mm-hmm. Red flags are inconsistencies. They're saying something, but doing another thing, or they're doing something and not saying anything. But it's, So their it's actions, so their actions aren't matching up their words. Correct. Is there another, is there another form that our viewers could um, relate to? I would look at their past. I would look at the relationships and the way that people, they treat people in public is a huge one and how they treat their parents, their siblings, their children, their friends, who do they hang out with and what are they like? What if they treat their parents and their siblings well? Mm, Then they might be covert. (laughs) can you can you dive into covert just a little bit help us understand what covert is and how do I identify when everybody else sees um I would say one mask and you see the rest Mm, okay so there are two different types there's covert and there's overt so a covert you know um or you don't know that they are toxic because they hide it well. An overt toxic individual is like, you know, you see it from a, a mile away, you know, it, you're coming like they're, they're very cocky. Um, they could be arrogant. They can, they can be showy. They can be like, Oh, look at all my material stuff, but they don't really have anything of substance. So they're performers. Yes, Absolutely. Okay. So covert is more in the shadows, manipulating in the shadows. They are, it's like the magic show. Look over here. So you don't really see what I'm doing over here. 
and they are really good. And I think that that's probably one of the most dangerous types of personalities you can come into contact with because they are doing things behind the scenes that you don't even notice and you don't even see, but your body picks up on it. And like, for example, um, in one of my relationships, it was like, every time he came home, my stomach would turn and my body picked up on something. Of course I ignored it. Right. (laughs) As a codependent, (laughs) we we all do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you distort reality, right. To fit your mold, to fit. Well, he promised me a perfect family and that's what I'm going to have. (laughs) We gaslight ourselves. Yeah. We manipulate ourselves. We do. I call it the Alice in Wonderland syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to create our own reality to fit our own need. Wow. Um, Let's dive in a little bit more on what the phases of the masks can look like. You kind of touched on it, but why don't you go into it a little bit deeper? Yeah. So a mask, what they mean by mask is that you the toxic person, the manipulative person, they put on a show because honestly, and this is where the empathy comes in from because they're human as well. So this is the the piece that codependents connect to right here is that we see them for who they are because we know that inside they're a little kid and they're just trying to be heard. Just like our little child inside of us is trying to be heard and our children are talking to each other. But the problem is children don't have good relationships that are romantic um, and so right, right. that's where kind of the behaviors come in. They're very childlike behaviors and, um, you'll see tantrums come out, you know, you'll see the, what kind, what kind of tantrums, what do you mean by tantrums in an, in an adult, in a relationship with male and female, because they exist on both sides. Absolutely. So anger, irritability, um, the, that it's not fair or, but, so-and-so doesn't do this or everybody does this. They like to use absolutes. You are everyone, never, always. Those are some other red flags that you can look for um, in their speech and their cadence and their, and their pattern of the way that they, they speak as well. Um, Tone is a huge one. Um, Dive into tones for us a little bit. So their tone can be very monotone when they are manipulating. They calm down their system to make it seem, to to make your system feel safe. So, or they do the opposite. They will become reactive in that. um, And then they will confront you. And that will react or activate your system. So they either depress their system or activate depending on what their goal is for whatever it is that they're looking for. Usually it's supply. Can you give us an example of what this would look like um, in anger and what transforms? Yeah, going back to reactive abuse, right? Yes. Um, So... When a toxic individual starts a fight or let's say they perpetuate a fight or um, let's say they continue a fight from a previous fight in the past, they're looking for a reaction out of you because they want to 
to feel that high. It, it's a high for them as much as a, it's a high for you. And when you react, that's when they take control. That's where the gaslighting comes in. That's where the, oh, like you're acting really crazy right now. And it's all to absolve them from the guilt. You take on the guilt. You hold on to the guilt. So and almost then, so almost like where they f- flip it around and they're like, they create it. They're angry. They lash out. They say hurtful, mean things or do hurtful, mean things. And then you lash out. You become reactive. Mm-hmm. Because you feel like maybe you're going crazy. So then you react and you say something completely out of character for yourself. And then you feel this. I mean, I've, I felt it where just, I just feel shame, like incredible shame. And like, it was all my fault. And I've I've had some interesting conversations with many people and I'm not the only one. I think one of the biggest, like, you know, things that I learned and the awareness was, well, I'm not, I'm not the only one. Yeah. But you still can't escape that shame and that character flaw of, I can't believe that I said that word that was out of character for me and why I, and why did I say it and and how do I fix it and what's wrong with me? So, and then they use that and then they're like, see, there's something wrong with you and not something wrong with me. You should look at yourself. You need therapy. It's a great deal of manipulation that goes on in there as the, the next kind of one I wanted to dive into was what more in depth, what is manipulate, what is manipulation? What does it look like? How can we identify it? Consistency patterns. What are the patterns? Always look for the patterns. Always ask yourself, like, what are the patterns that this person is displaying? And if the patterns are there to where you you're starting to see these stages, like that's where you either have to pack your bags and leave or you don't pack your bags and you accept that this is your life can you give us some example some examples of what manipulation looks like in a relationship that maybe has just started or even been going on for years what does what can it look like yeah so depending on the type of traits that this toxic person has what they like to use, if they like to use anger, if they like to use um, fear, a lot of them use fear, right? Intimidation, Um, depending on this individual's um, choice of how to react and how to gain control, it can look like several different things. It can look like verbal manipulation. It can look like emotional manipulation. It can be sexual manipulation, financial, physical, And basically the manipulation tactics is how do I make this my victim? That's what they, they think, right? Your property to them. So how do I make my victim submit to me? And whatever it is that that victim, which I call us survivors, we're not victims at all, but they, this is the, the narrative that they plant in our brains. They basically brainwash us to say like, well, we're the bad ones we're the negative ones. And so we carry on that, that lie, that narrative with us into other relationships. And then we're like asking ourselves, like, why do I always attract these guys? Well, that's because we bring that to the table. So when we change that narrative of the manipulation and stop believing in the lies that they create for us and stop 
believing in the lives that we create for ourselves. Remember, because I said that in trauma, we distort reality to stay safe. That is our brain's way of surviving because the pain was just too unbearable to take at that time. And in order to process it, we have to unravel it slowly. And we have to figure out what is the truth within the lies that we have learned. And I can tell you probably for the majority of us who get into toxic relationships as an adult, we had a toxic relationship when we were kids. And so it's not just that relationship that we're dealing with as an adult now. We're also dealing with past trauma of our toxic relationships back then. And it, and what's even crazier in the world of epigenetics, we may not even be dealing with our own toxicity. We might be dealing with our mother's toxicity because trauma passes down through genes. So you're now dealing with intergenerational trauma. And I thank God for this generation of people that are having this movement of, whoa, like these toxic behaviors are not okay. I want to break the cycle. Like we are the generation of cycle breakers and I'm so proud of us. Wow. Um, I know we, uh, I know we went into reactive abuse already, mm-hmm. but, um, my heart's just really compelling me to dive deeper into it. Um, I would like even just, you could give several examples of reactive ab- abuse in covert and in MCR, the one was overt. Yep. Overt and covert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could give us several examples of what that's going to actually look like in a relationship, because you've generalized mm-hmm. and kind of given a picture to us, but it's so hard to, I think when you're in the midst of um, a relationship that has the, the codependency and the trauma bond, I think it's so hard to identify, is it really me mm-hmm. or what does this look like? So if you could give us a kind of a clearer picture of what relationships look like what you would see an example. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about gaslighting, right? Gaslighting is like the number one thing that they use in order to, um, create a reactive abuse. And it's basically you cause somebody to question their own safety, um, or their own experiences or or their own reality. Right. Um, examples would be, um, it never happened that way. You just imagined it. You're just too insecure. Um, or another one that they like to use is I I never said that (laughs) you're, you must be misremembering. And, um, it's interesting because gaslighting can also look like, I know that one example of gaslighting for me, it's like when I caught my husband in bed with another woman and he was standing right there and she was half naked and he's like, I didn't sleep with her. And I'm like, well, you're standing right there, you know? Um, and so that, that is a, a huge um, red flag, obviously, because you've already caught him. But that's how they get you. Like you, they can be, you can be standing there um, in real time and them still cause you to question your reality, even though you're sitting there and you're looking at it. Like if they have uh, text messages from girls on their phone and you see one come through and all of a sudden it's gone, you know, when you go to check their phone and you're like, um, 
you know, so-and-so texts you. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Here, look through my phone. There's no one with that name in there. You must be misremembering. Those are gaslighting um, examples that cause that reactive abuse because you're sitting there and you're like, I know I'm not crazy. Like I'm seeing this right before my eyes. It's there, but it still causes you to question it because their tone, their intensity behind it, their manipulation of their, their, their features. So they have the ability to fluctuate their tone with it, which is part of what makes it you're saying is so convincing. So you then identify that it must be me, right? There's something wrong with me. I feel like I'm going crazy is what example, a friend of mine is- said to me recently. She says, I feel like I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a big distinction um, between tones is, is everything. So for example, of like, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Versus how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Versus I'm fine. You know, so it's all about inflection. It's all about tone because they mean different things. And the more convincing your tone sounds like, I don't know what you're talking about. Versus I I really don't know what you're talking about. So it sounds very specific. And those are the red flags that you have to look for 